You're listening to 360 Degrees, the podcast from the University of Southampton with me, Emily Harrison. We are back with another special bonus episode as this week, if you are listening to this on the day of release on the 26th of October, is the start of National Care Leavers Week. If you're not aware of what National Care Leavers Week is, it's an opportunity to showcase and celebrate the successes of care leavers from across the UK and inspire them to achieve their full potential. A care leaver simply means someone that has had experience in the care system and there are approximately 99,000 children in care in the UK. Each year over 10,000 young people leave the care system and become care leavers. This is why National Care Leavers Week is a really important time to recognise that leaving care can be really difficult. Unlike most young people who can rely on the love and support of their family and friends long after their teens, career leavers are expected to become independent as soon as they turn 18. And that can be really challenging and they can find managing their first experience of independence and living alone really isolating. So this is why this week we're going to be highlighting lots of stories and lots of support across the university for care leavers. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking to Rosie Canning, who is a PhD student at the university, about her experience in care and about all of the work that she is doing to support care leavers. So Rosie, thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone listening? Thank you, Emily. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. Yes, as you said, my name is Rosie Canning. I'm a PhD student at Southampton and I'm doing, uh, well, it's English. It comes under the Department of English, but it's a creative writing PhD and I'm looking at the representation of orphans and care experience in literature. And as part of the creative project, I'm writing a novel about a young girl in the mid-70s who's leaving a children's home at the age of 16 and going out into the big wide world on her own. And part of the reason that I'm here today is to highlight a project that I'm involved in as part of National Care Leavers Week, which is called A Portrait of Care. It's an online exhibition via Instagram using self-portraiture as a way to combat the negative stereotypes people have about children in care. And the project invites those with care experience and those that work in that care environment to take part. Yeah, the main objective behind the project is that due to the negative connotations associated with being looked after, almost every care experienced person comes into contact with discrimination at one point in their lives because of their background. So by using portraits, we would hope to destigmatize the evidence of care, i.e. you cannot tell from a photograph a person's care experience. And this is a way to improve perceptions and general public awareness. So what would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about people that are in care or have been in care? I think some of there's some horrible stereotypes that go back over the years. And I mean, this is partly to do with research. Um, So 
it's it's very old it's very old but i think it might be a bit about othering so as long as we've still got our nice happy families we're all okay let's blame the murderers on orphans or those that have been in care or the people that are homeless are all, we're all uh, in children's homes or orphans and people that are in prison are you know were once in care now there is some truth to those figures but it's only because people that are in the care system i.e children that are in the care system often are pushed out into the world before they can cope can you imagine at 16 years old having to you know have a flat pay your bills find a job it's a really difficult thing to think about whereas you know if you think about most families these days children don't leave home till what they're 55 or something <laughs> you know. yeah I mean I I find it I still find it overwhelming sometimes I'm 23 and I have a wonderful family lots of great friends like I have lots of really strong support networks in place and still when I left home at 18 to come to university the idea of leaving home and know having to look after yourself and budget your money and cook and clean and all of this was really overwhelming so I I can't even imagine how much more difficult that must be if you've come from a care background and you don't necessarily have all of those same support networks in place. Yeah absolutely and I mean you think about you know getting yourself to university and into your room you know usually students are brought to the university by their parents you know they go out and have a lovely meal your care experience you're going into your room and that's it you're you know you're going to be sort of staying there till your lectures or whatever all little tiny things like that that can just highlight your difference if you like I think things are changing but you know we've still got a long way to go I would say that children who are in care often get a bad press because of the stereotypes that are bandied about by people and that have been bandied about for probably over well 100 years so for example the stereotypes are, are things like you know oh if you've been in care you'll end up in prison or you'll end up homeless or uh i mean the reality is very very different and it used to be that a lot of people with care didn't go to university but that's really really changed in the last probably 10 years especially with the widening participation departments who are doing you know great work uh, liaising with schools and uh, also the virtual schools they have a what they call a virtual head who works with children that are in care and uh, they just look after them in an educational way so they keep an eye on what's going on for them at school and um, you know they'll organize for them to do visits to universities and, and that sort of thing so there's been a lot of stigma around people with care experience for many many years and so national care leavers week it was started some years ago as a way to showcase and celebrate the successes of care leavers from across the UK and you know encourage them to achieve their full potential so that's the sort of background to national care leavers week and so charities people that work with children in care higher education further education they tend to take part in a national care leavers week to you know celebrate what's going on basically it's, it's normally young people that are leaving care 
But I think one of the things that comes up over and over again, say, for example, if you're in um, a residential home, you have to leave the residential home by the time that you're 18 and there isn't much aftercare. And one of the things that seems to come up time and time again is that people who've got care experience are saying, okay, we leave care at 18 or rather care left us at 18. But the consequences of that care and pre-care trauma and experiences are often with us for a lifetime. And that's often not considered. So what motivated you to get involved with the campaigning around care leavers? Well, my own history is that many, many years ago, I was in care. I left in the mid 70s. And so, as I just said, you know, that care experience, it it stays with you. Things happen on a day to day basis. And uh, even on TV, you know, you might see a somebody being represented in a, I don't know, say a crime drama who's been fostered and they are the mad murderer or whatever. That happens a, a huge amount. And so obviously throughout my life, there's been times when I'm triggered and remember my own experience. And what happened was I got involved with um, a local library and it was a Fry and Barnet library actually. And they had been closed by the government and libraries were very, very important to me growing up. In fact, libraries and reading, I would say, literally did save my life. And so when we found out this library was going to be closed, a lot of us got together and we thought, oh, you know, what can we do? What can we do? In fact, there was nothing we could do because the local council closed it. And so the occupiers, they decided to occupy the library, which was quite an amazing thing. And I got involved and I seemed to become, there's a guy called Phoenix who was running it all at the time. And I seemed to become his like right hand secretary press type person and organized a lot of events to do with trying to save this library. The end of that story is the library was sort of saved. It was handed over to the community. I'm, I'm all for libraries being a public service um, because they offer a safe place for a a huge amount of people. So literally, I just finished that. And there's a guy called Ben Ashcroft, who's written a book called 51 Moves. And the idea behind that title is that he was actually moved 51 times within the care system. This is another problem with the care system. Moving a child from home to home to home to home to home. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds incredibly disruptive. Yes. There was a little bit of a care community beginning on Twitter. This was back in 2013. And the government made an announcement and they basically said, if you're in foster care, you can now stay until you're 21, i.e. you can stay in that home and you'll be looked after by the, the foster parents. But if you're in a residential home, you've still got to leave at 18. Well, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And Ben Ashcroft contacted me and he said, oh, he said, I was at a conference. He said, and I had some children from a children's home with me. And they, they said to him, what about us? What does that mean? You know, and he felt so strongly about it, you know, because of his own background as well, that he said, what can we do? And I said, well, there are a few things we can do. Uh, Petitions and things were in their infancy, really, at that time. 
I said, we can start a petition. We can start a social media campaign, uh, you know, on Twitter and Facebook. And we can, you know, just sort of see how things go. So that's what we did. So that's how I actually got into what you'd call real campaigning. Can you talk about your experience with the Oxford Research Project? I went for a job at Oxford University and was employed by Oxford University and Dr Aoife O'Higgins, who was running a project in the Department of Experimental Psychology. And what she was looking for was some, with, for, for a research assistant, but for that research assistant to have lived experience of the care system because she had some ideas of, um, a, you know, some projects that she wanted to run. And so we started off, you know, we just sort of um, had lots and lots of conversations. And one of the things that she was interested in was the support that children are given by their foster carers. How could that be, I suppose, transposed into guidelines? Uh, we decided that we would do something online using social media and uh, we came up with something called conversations for care which is on twitter on the first monday of the month and this has become a space for um, care experienced people and those that work in the care community and our aim was to engage those people and have conversations so we did this through the monthly twitter chats hashtag care combos <laughs> And uh, where we talked about all sorts of things, education, relationships, the type of care, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then what happened was uh, we had some other little things going on in the background at Magdalen, And there was uh, the virtual head uh, for Oxford uh, brought some of the children um, that were in care into Magdalen College and they had a wonderful time. Then what happened was covid and so our plans were sort of put on hold and uh, we had a, if you like, an emergency <laughs> care combos where lots of people came together because I don't know if you remember the beginning of the pandemic, but for a lot of people, it set off their old anxieties, if you like, without not really understanding why. And there was something about the way that we're governed and perhaps not feeling as safe as we could be. All sorts of things that uh, COVID brought up for people. And we had a conversation on Twitter. And from that, we decided to change track and to put together a project called Care in the Time of COVID. And that happened May to June. The idea was that... Uh, we wanted to find out what were care experienced people's experiences of COVID-19, what was the prevalence for anxiety and depression, and also what were some of the coping strategies. And uh, again, people can find that uh, project online. Um, we are still looking at the findings, uh, but obviously one of the things we found out was that a lot of care experienced people were struggling with anxiety and depression. But some of the coping strategies were also really interesting. And it was things like relationships were so important that came out top. This is what was helping them cope. And lack of relationships was helping them not cope. And there were other things like creativity was another thing that was something that helped people to cope. And interestingly, 
very high was exercise, you know, keeping fit throughout COVID in whatever way that they did that. So a very, very interesting project. And there was two parts to that. There was a survey and there was also, um, we would set prompts up each week and people would submit diaries. So it's like a real time research project. So we could see exactly what was going on for people, um, you know, during COVID and those diaries are online. They're online for a year from when the project started. And so they are very interesting. A lot of students took part. So um, some interesting, um, I suppose, uh, reflections on being a student in COVID. And if people want to go and read those, where can they find them? Care in the time of COVID, all one word, dot org. Perfect. We will take the link and we'll put it in the description to this podcast episode as well, if anyone wants to go and find that directly. So you've recently launched a new Instagram, which is a portrait of care. The handle is just a portrait of care or one word if people want to go and search it. Can you talk a little bit about why you decided to start that and what you're trying to achieve through that Instagram? This was a an idea that we were going to do uh, as part of the doctoral festival, uh, but unfortunately COVID happened and so it was shelved. However, it was still in the background and then actually I was approached by uh, Claire Giles and she said, oh, are you doing anything this year? Because we'd really love to do something with you. And I don't know if I mentioned that I'm actually a PhD student at Southampton as well. So we sort of brought this one out of the cupboard and thought, okay, how could we reinvent this? And, you know, we had lots of chats and we came up with this idea of doing something on Instagram. So the idea of a portrait of care is that people represent themselves in whatever way they want to. And what we're hoping that care experienced people, but also people in the care community, so social workers, teachers, further and higher education people that are working with estranged and care experienced people, charities, uh, virtual school staff, etc, etc, will also get involved and post their selfies. And the idea being is that, you remember I mentioned earlier about stereotypes and stigma when it comes to children and people that have been in the care system. The idea of this is that if you look at a photograph, you cannot tell somebody's care experience from that photograph. So the idea is that there's three frames. You have a photograph, a little bit about the person now. So if it was me, it would be, I'm a PhD student at Southampton and I'm researching the representation of care experience in literature. And then the third frame would be something along the lines of, I was in the care system, you know, many, many years ago. And, uh, you know, I might say why I want to be involved in this project. And it would be something along the lines of, well, you know, I wanted to take part in this project as I feel it's important that we stop stereotyping care experienced people and look beyond the labels to the child. But also I'm hoping, Emily, that people will actually observe their own thought processes while they're looking at the photographs you know think about what is it that you're thinking 
when you're looking at these photographs? Are you being judgmental? You know, are you, have you got preconceived ideas? You know, and I'm hoping that people will be really surprised by the amazing talent of, you know, everybody that takes part. The other thing that uh, we wanted to do was to highlight uh, some care experience artists. So what we said is the first 30 people to take part will be put into a draw if that's what they want. And we will choose 10 participants to have their portrait. I'm not going to say painted because these artists do all sorts of things, but have their portrait done by a care experienced artist. If you're care experienced and you submit your selfie, everyone takes part, just gets a five pound voucher as a, as a thank you. Amazing. And they can do that through the link in the bio of the Instagram page. Yes, the Instagram page. Where else? It's on Twitter as well under my Twitter handle, which is Rosie underscore Canning, C-A-N-N-I-N-G. And they can contact me via my email, which is rc11g14 at soton.ac.uk. And I will send them the details. Fantastic. So for anyone that might be listening that is thinking they really want to help with all of the issues that you've highlighted, as well as, you know, checking out the Instagram page and and having a look at all of these amazing people that are showcasing themselves. Is there anything else they can be doing? Is there any petitions they can be signing? Is there anything that they can do to help combat some of the issues to do with care? Well, I suppose if they're in university and they know somebody's got care experience or they're estranged from their family, I think that's a really good place to start. And it would be simply, you know, well, do you want to have a chat? Do you want to come and have a meal? That's, that's really a, a, a fantastic starting place. For example, Christmas is a, is a difficult one and that, that's coming up now. Often care experienced people don't have families to go back to. And that's the same with estranged students as well. Generally, I mean, there's all sorts of charities that people can get involved in. Um, there's fundraising charities, you know, where you can uh, fundraise. If you're on Twitter, you know, just, you can just put in hashtag care convos and you'll see what's the latest conversations that are, are going on. I mean, I can have a think about that, Emily. And if anyone really does want to, get involved in something they can email me and I can have a think of who to put them in touch with okay perfect is there anything else that you wanted to say or talk about um I don't think so thank you ever so much for inviting me to have a chat with you that's you're more than welcome (laughs) I hope people will you know get involved especially the students in Southampton that are care experienced and don't actually tell anyone about it because there's a lot (laughs) Mm. Um, a lot of people that go to university and they do not talk about their backgrounds but you know precisely because of stigma and stereotyping and all you know all the rest of it um so yeah it'd be great if they got in in um got involved um I just add that they don't have to actually send a photograph of themselves. They can use an avatar. And um, if you have a look on there, there's a, a young girl, she's an artist. She's actually one of the care experienced artists. Um, her photograph is half graphic and half face. It's beautiful. 
Um, so you can have an avatar as you know, you don't have to have your photo. You don't have to disclose your care experience. It really is up to you how you represent yourself. Amazing. Thank you, Rosie, so much. This has been really interesting and really powerful to talk about. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Rosie for coming on this week's episode. I found it so interesting talking to her and hearing about her experiences and learning about all of the different stigmas and the way that she is trying to combat it. And the Portrait of Care Instagram is really, really beautiful. So I would really encourage anyone to go and have a little look at that. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back on Thursday for a Halloween edition of the podcast. See you then.